This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 11th of January. In your Squiz today, Novak Djokovic wins his court battle. Vaccination frustrations for kids, the downside of a Western diet, and preparations for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. This is your Squiz today. World number one men's tennis player Novak Djokovic had a big win last night, but not on the tennis court. This time it was in court in his appeal against deportation. Federal court judge Anthony Kelly found it was unreasonable for Border Force to cancel Djokovic's visa when he believed he had more time to consult with lawyers and his support team. There's a lot of details that got us to this judgment, Claire, so can you take us through it? Look, what it boiled down to is that Djokovic, of course, as we know, was detained after his arrival last Wednesday night into Melbourne and he was told by those Border Force officials that he would have until 8.30am on Thursday to speak to his people and his lawyers and to mount a defence as to why his visa shouldn't be cancelled. But what happened was the Border Force official decided to cancel his visa at 7.42am on Thursday. There's a whole transcript that has been released that's quite fascinating into that exchange between Djokovic and officials. Uh, So what won out was that he needed more time, that he was denied the process to be able to do that. And that won out over the government's argument that Djokovic should not have been exempt from the vaccination requirements for international travellers. Well, to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. But (laughs) when he he was released from immigration detention, he did what you might expect. He went for a training session at Rod Laver Arena at Melbourne Park. But Claire, it's still not a done deal that he'll actually play in the tournament next week. It is not a done deal yet and we'll find out what happens today. Immigration Minister Alex Hawke has reserved the right to use his personal discretion uh, under the Migration Act to cancel Djokovic's visa. Uh, He can do that if he believes that Djokovic is a risk to health, safety uh, or what's called the good order of the Australian community uh, or a segment of the community, uh, but it all boils down, of course, to those health and safety issues. So that's a decision that Hawke's office says will be made today. And if it does happen, Djokovic would be banned from entering Australia for three years. Yes, it's a big decision today. From Belgrade, Djokovic's mother, Diana, said it was her son's biggest win of his career, bigger than any Grand Slam. He certainly has many of those. There'll be a lot more to come in this story today. Parents of primary school aged kids are being urged by the government to try pharmacies and state vaccination hubs to find a COVID jab for their kids, as many GPs are cancelling appointments because they haven't received the paediatric vaccines just yet. The government says that there's enough vaccine to get one dose down uh, before a return to school in the coming weeks, but it doesn't seem like that vaccine has filled it out into the networks. And of course, pharmacies and GPs have been a big feature in what the government wants to do in this next part of the rollout to have those 5 to 11-year-olds vaccinated. Of course, there's the state vaccination hubs and the parents of those kids have been encouraged to look in that direction as well. And the PM says we're going through an Omicron-inspired gear change, which involves pushing through this crisis rather than locking down again. 
Queensland has been inundated with rain, Claire. There's more on the way. But police hold grave fears for a 14-year-old whose car was washed away by floodwaters near Gympie while she and her dad were driving to visit grandparents. Yeah, her name's Crystal Kane. Her family are quite distraught, as you would imagine. Her father was found clinging to a tree and he is safe. But police have continued to search for Crystal uh, since that Friday night event and they're hoping to get there. But, yeah, real grave concerns, as you say. Meanwhile, near Gympie as well, an incredible story yesterday. Uh, A father used a rope from his submerged car uh, to tie himself and his primary school-aged daughter to the top of a 10-metre tree. The floodwaters were that high. Uh, The floodwaters then receded and they've been able to come down the tree and they've been discovered two days later. Just an incredible story. Oh, it is. And any other year and any other normal summer, that would be leading all the bulletins in the newspapers. But this isn't a normal summer given the pandemic. It's early days just yet, but forecasters say we're tracking for one of the wettest Januaries on record. Overseas now to New York City, where a malfunctioning electric heater is thought to be the cause of one of the city's deadliest fires in three decades. That heater was on the third floor of an apartment block in the Bronx. Uh, The building was 19 storeys. What's happened is that 19 people have died, including nine children. Uh, There were also 44 people who were injured and plenty others who are in hospital in a critical condition. What officials say is that that one unit was burnt uh, and also the adjoining hallway, but the smoke was so thick that it filled the rest of the apartment block. Uh, and those who have died. Uh, There were victims on almost every floor, officials say. Uh, They died of severe smoke inhalation. And New York City's Mayor Eric Adams says the city will provide support for the victims, many of whom are immigrants from the West African nation of Gambia. Autoimmune diseases are on the rise across the globe and their conditions like type 1 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis and inflammatory bowel disease. And Claire, scientists now think fast food is the culprit. Yeah, so what they say in this latest study that's been done by London's Francis Crick Institute is that fibre-poor processed diets are triggering autoimmune diseases and that's because they're changing our gut microbiomes. There's been a lot, of course, in recent years Uh, said about the health of our guts and what they say is that it's really important that we maintain good gut health because of these sorts of issues. Uh, There's also genetic susceptibilities at play, but what the Institute says is that it's going to do some more work on DNA research and all sorts of other bits and pieces, but certainly fast foods are a part of the equation. And it's estimated that cases are rising between 3 to 9% a year worldwide, which is large. But the fastest spread is happening in the Middle East and Asia, where the adoption of the fast food heavy Western diets is really growing fast. The Queen celebrates her Platinum Jubilee next month. That's 70 years on the throne, would you believe? And Buckingham Palace has unveiled a pretty impressive lineup of celebrations to mark the milestone. But Claire, my pick is the competition to invent a new pudding to celebrate the Queen's reign. <laughs> Look, a pudding competition is pretty spectacular. <laughs> so there's, British. There's fabulous. No doubt about that. That's something that's being launched by Fortnum and Mason, which of course are very high 
high-end store in London. They've launched that competition. They want to find a dish to celebrate the Queen's 70 years on the throne. I don't know how you encapsulate that in a pudding, (laughs) but I reckon someone's going to give a go. And also Mary Berry, or Dame Mary Berry, to use her official title, she's going to be one of those on the expert panel who are judging it. Yes, she's our version of Maggie Beer, I think. You might know her from The Great British Bake Off, which is one of my favourite shows. Great show. Um, And, of course, this Jubilee will be the Queen's first without her late husband, Prince Philip, who died last year. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's on your radar? My favourite economic indicator, it's retail sales. We're going to get a look at what happened in November. Of course, all eyes are on what we're spending, given apparently we've been holding on to our cash because we've been locked down and a bit hesitant because of the coronavirus. That's right. And we might not be officially locked down right now, but it's a self-imposed lockdown for many. Certainly very quiet on the streets and in the malls. Mm. Perhaps not as many lockdown food boxes and some of the other novelties of winter last year. Uh, For me, I'm staying on Team Djokovic. It's often fires or floods that gets Australia onto the front page of international news outlets, but this year it's Djokovic. It's a huge story and one we'll be watching throughout the week. Thanks for your time today. We'll be back tomorrow. now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.